and welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life that you are meant to live. Obviously, don't die before you're dead, don't put things off, do them while you can, and that's exactly what I'm doing. As uh, you can see, that uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm sitting on the end of my van out in the middle of Ah, a great place uh, out in the country, basically, and it's wonderful. And thank God for technology because I'm able to talk to Francis Hickmott, who is my guest today. And Francis is a person who knows what it means to start a new career, to have new beginnings. She coaches all kinds of people on how to get unstuck. I, would that be a fair thing to say, Francis? And welcome to the show. Uh, yes, I certainly, I certainly do do that, uh, Mary. And thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm really uh, pleased to be here and talk to you uh, today. Excellent. Well, I'm glad that you're able to take the time to be here. I know how busy you are as an author, as a coach, as someone who has, in many ways, has lived what you're sharing with people, whether it's through individual. Uh, relationships or whether it's through something like today. So share with us, if you will, a little bit about what brings you to this point that you're at. Um, I think it's fair to say, Mary, that I'm a late bloomer. (laughs) (laughs) Better late than never, but uh, uh, awesome. I mean, that's what this show is all about, is not to be afraid to let, or not let age stand in the way. So what do you mean by that, Francis? Right. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, you know, I could never really quite put a finger on what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and so I, I did, I've done a lot of things, which has meant I've met a lot of really interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until um, 2017, where I realized that um, I was ready to work for myself. And this isn't the first time I've done that. This is my my third go at business. But uh, this time around, I'm really tapped into the things I want to be doing. So um, that includes uh, professional speaking. In fact, that's where you and I met each other uh, through a mutual friend. Um, uh, really embracing my gifts for writing, which I didn't really understand um, that I was talented, which sounds so ridiculous. But, uh, you know, when you when something comes reasonably easy to you, um, you don't always know that other people can't do it. So the writing, I uh, wrote a book last year. Um, and I'm looking forward to writing another book, actually. So the 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 late bloomer thing, it's really, I've never believed that someone is too old. You know, I always feel like that's just such a a terrible way to limit yourself in what mm-hmm. is available to you. Mm-hmm. We're very much in agreement there because we know people who have started incredible adventures into whatever uh, at all kinds of ages. And so the myth of being too old and is not in any way synonymous with being incapable. So um Age should not be stopping us. You know, and it's interesting because I think uh, the actor Samuel Jackson started, did he not start in his 60s or something? Like, 
you know, we don't, you don't always come to things in your 20s. You don't always really know what you want to do. And, but it's also possible to have had a really great career in a, in a chosen field and then come out of that and decide you're ready for something else. And you did that, didn't you, Mary? Well, I did in a way, Francis, because I did the, oh, the trucking on into whatever I could do when my kids were little. I was a single parent and then I found teaching. So I did that when I was in my 40s. I went to university and then I retired and I don't like the word retirement and hence uh, the speaking career that you've already mentioned that you and I met through and Mm -hmm. opened up all kinds of new doors Mm -hmm. for us. And in fact, the people that we meet, such as I'm, you know, our meeting, uh, because we didn't not, you know, didn't stop enjoying or stop exploring new avenues. So I'm delighted that, you know, I've reaped a lot of rewards from, you know, basically, I suppose, starting over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's really fun about embracing, um, you know, your talents and, and, uh, just looking to see where they can go is you keep meeting really interesting people mm-hmm. of all different ages. So, uh, you know, this idea of fully living your life doesn't mean only connecting with people in the same age group. I'm sure. equally decide, you know, excited about meeting uh, younger people. And and when I say younger, like sometimes like 30 or 40 years <laughs> younger um, who are doing really cool things. Yes. And I think that's, that helps me feel young too. Um, my interest, my desire to know what they're doing, uh, who doesn't like talking about something they're passionate about. So then age becomes uh, irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The topic becomes the connector it has nothing to do with the age. That's right. And so, um, you know, like I'm thinking of a young fellow <laughs> Sure, he would hate me saying that, but he is, darn it, Um, who is uh, starting a business as a music uh, producer and writing his own music. Um, And so that's really cool to watch. But this morning, I was talking to um, someone in Denmark who um, he really, really didn't get going on his music career um until he was in his 50s and he's got a younger partner and they're you know like he's excited and telling me you know the he's got you know uh, agents and producers that are interested who will uh then you know look at getting them like it's just it's really fun to talk to people who are absolutely still living their life still excited still um looking to see what's around the corner. Yes, they are. Well, they inspire us. They bring, I think they bring out the best in us. I know it does for me when I meet people who are still busy doing things. And uh, I'm one of these people that I want to do it all. I want to do everything. (laughs) And so I need to temper what I'm doing, but to watch others in action, I find very inspiring. Absolutely. And I think that that we need examples of people who are doing that. Um, I actually watched part of an interview, uh, Maya Angelou, 
um, was talking about, um, you know, she thought her 60s were so great. And then, ooh, and then she got into her 70s and those were pretty good. And then if you could get to your 80s, so like, because she was a writer and um, just, you know, a, a, a person that other people really came to respect, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, you know, I think there's the 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 beaten path, if you will, uh, you know, the one where you work, you retire, and then you travel or you garden or you watch birds or whatever and and those are those are all fine um but i do think that there's something to be said about looking at how you can contribute i think we still what brings us alive is um how how we continue to serve and contribute uh to the world and it fills us up Hmm. but it also fills up other people I totally agree. In fact, some of the speakers that I've met through my career in speaking have actually put it very bluntly and said, don't be selfish. You have been blessed with so much life with this, that, and the other thing. Why on earth would you keep it to yourself? And I mean, they're pretty bold about it. But when you think Mm -hmm. about it, um, our gift to the world would be to share some of the things that we've learned. And I know that's what you're doing with your clients and, you know, you have international clients and of course, yeah. uh, what better way for us to, to learn in as well, because I think in a lot of ways you can't outgive people because I'm sure what we help in our mm-hmm. niche, if you will, um, we get back in other ways. And so it's very reciprocal in terms of our relationship building. So don't stop. And so you say you're a late bloomer, like, is there such a thing, Francis? Are you just sort of like dubbing yourself with a misnomer when we believe that there's no such thing, (laughs) if you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, only, only in so far as traditionally in terms of, really embracing your talents. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was always fascinated by the people that uh, knew early on exactly what they wanted to do and, and could go for it and have lived, you know, uh, like an entire, uh, spent an entire career um, doing something that, you know, brings so many of their talents t- together and they contribute so much. And, mm. um, you know, I, I, I had some other things to work out, if you will, uh, before I could really step into the things that um, bring me a lot of joy and where I feel like I'm really making a difference in the world, which is what I really care about. Um, You know, at the end of the day, they say that things that people regret the most are the things they didn't do. Yes. And so, um, you know, at at this time in my life and um, when people say, well, are you, you know, when are you going to retire? Well, retire isn't really a word that I use because if you love what you're doing, if, if um, you know, like why exactly, (laughs) I'm not doing hard labor. It's not like I'm splitting (laughs) rocks or anything. Um, Yeah. That might be a little bit time, uh, time limited as far as your body work is concerned, but our uh, brain might be, I think, I think my body might. (laughs) So tell us about, um, Tell us about the the joy that you have today. Uh, What is it that you're mainly focusing on? I won't even call it work because you've kind of said maybe maybe you're not working. Maybe you are 
thoroughly engaged in what you're doing and this is your purpose. What tell us what you're doing? Um well I've got a got a few things on the go, Mary. Mm-hmm. So um one of the things that I, I do is I actually uh mentor and coach uh business owners who are in the uh health and wellness sector, the creative uh coaching sector and teach them about how to find their stories and then use them uh, to attract uh, clients to them. Uh, So I I really love that a lot. Um, We all have stories. We forget a lot of our stories, to be honest. And so it's really about pulling those those forward and helping them find them, how to use them in their communications um, and to, uh, you know, when, in the sales process, it's uh, know, like, trust, and then okay. buy. Um, and story gets you really fast down that uh, down that path. So I'm doing that. Um, COVID kind of put a bit of a, a stop to my speaking, um, but I think I'm gonna uh, get back on that because I was, you know, I do some keynote speaking, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, writing. Gosh, I love writing. And uh, I've just uh, come up with a uh, my next book, and so now I'm starting to do some research and uh, is and it early to talk about that? Like. Your next book, um, I mean, not not exactly. I, I think it's okay. I mean, it's it's in this vein, right? It's it's really about. Um, I want to highlight. Um, people who I, I think are great examples of living their lives well. And so they're not, you know, they're not people from money. They're not necessarily big celebrities. They're not, you know, like you don't have to have won a Pulitzer Prize to have a life of meaning sure. or to um, be living what others would consider an extraordinary life. Mm-hmm. Um, and And oftentimes people have to, navigate some really hard situations and that's part of to me what the extraordinary journey is is um you know we come across things that we have to navigate and yet we continue to create a life of real meaning so um as i say i'm just in the in the beginning but i'm having some fun thinking about the people that um, i want to reach out to um, that i'll be interviewing excellent and uh it's it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. The um, the whole idea of sharing stories and you know the biographies of people, whether they're you know celebrities mm-hmm. or not, but to find that people who have endured some hardships and what they did, um, sharing that for, with us mm-hmm. helps us to endure our own. First of all, we see we're not alone. And second of all, there's a lot of learning on how to do some things if you find yourself in similar circumstances. So I'm excited for you, Francis. I look forward to seeing that. I know your first book uh, was great, uh, very much a a personal journey. Um, You shared with us some of the things that you've learned. And a lot of that is, I think, perhaps a bit of the basis for um, for your own speaking. Is that true? Sorry, a lot of that was. No, is, you know, a lot of the, uh, what's in your book was the basis for your speaking. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. So my first book was uh, Journey to Joy, How to Overcome Life Setbacks to Create a Life You Love. And so, yes, it was part memoir, um, but it was also, you know, included, it gave me a taste for interviewing others and including their stories along with the research mm-hmm. um, around some of the things about, um, you know, living in a, growing up in a dysfunctional family um, and uh, just, you know, how to turn that around and, uh, and really create a, a, a life that you, that you love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I, I feel like writing a book, especially the first one, is a bit like birthing a baby. Um, you know, it's the, the nine months of the development and then, uh, oh, my gosh, the actual delivery. Um, and don't let's not talk about transition. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet, you know, it changes who you are. So this is for the people that feel like they might have a book in them, um, regardless of whether it's a bestseller or not. And, and Mary, I think you can, you can attest to the, this, what writing a book means, because you've written several, um, it, there's something about that process and, uh, getting, uh, down in a coherent fashion, Um, And all the things that are required to put together, uh, you know, the best book that you can do, it changes, it changes you. And it's similar to, I I think of it like, um, like writing is like um, getting ready for a marathon. So writing a book is like a marathon because it doesn't happen um, over a short amount of time. For sure. And nobody knows if you're doing it except for you. That's right. Now, I don't know about you, Francis, but um, I surely did need an accountability partner to help me because when the going gets tough, it's easy to kind of call it a day and say, um, who's going to read this anyway? Why should I bother? Um, you know, it's my story. It's not that important. But when you have an accountability partner that holds your feet to the fire, it's kind of like, it is of value because what you have to say and what you offer is getting back to that speaker saying, don't be so selfish, that there are some things that someone can learn from our misfortunes, the good, the bad, the ugly, whether we handled it right or whether we didn't. Um, yeah. There's something to be learned just from the experiences we go through. So did you find it a struggle to keep yourself on task? So for those people who might be listening, who think that in their retirement or whatever, maybe writing would call to them, what would you say to them? I think like anything else, it's really important to have support. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Julia Cameron talks about uh, creative U-turns. And so you'll start something and then you will inevitably come to a place where you think, you know, as you say, well, maybe this isn't this important or, you know, who do I think I am to write this or, um, you know, or would anyone even be really interested? And so this is where it's it's absolutely integral to have people around you who support you, who believe in you, who um, will listen to you and um and keep cheering you on um because a lot of it really is solitary but having an opportunity to talk to other people who say no you're really on to something here um that you know that's just invaluable and and nobody 
creative, if you're doing a creative project, yes, you might be doing it by yourself, like the, the work, but you don't do it. You, you won't be successful without support. Like you, it's just a fundamental part. Would it be fair to say that sometimes the hardest parts can be the most meaningful and the most valuable? Oh, certainly. And I think, you know, depending upon the kind of writing that you're doing. Uh, so, um, but I think even in fiction, it's, it's, you can run into a roadblock, get stuck, if you will, um, wonder about your characters, uh, wonder where it's going, wonder if you should just throw it all out and start again. Um, it, it, you know, it's, I've only ever written short fiction and, and for kids. And so that's been mostly just fun. Um, and I haven't published those yet. That's to come because it's it's uh, it's its own beast. I almost find nonfiction easier, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's you do it. Um, it's sort of like any any obstacle, Mary. Um, when you push, pull, or otherwise get through it you realize on the other side of it, um, how proud you are for, for having, uh, having seen it through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, str- well, you know, I'm a, a retired teacher and I struggled a lot with the concept of, um, self-esteem comes just from telling kids that they're good. And I, I, I really struggle with that. I think we mm-hmm. do need to tell kids they're good and we do need to encourage them, but I think the real, strength of our our souls and our own personal well-being comes from the accomplishments that we do and uh, we like you and I both say that we don't want to be in a situation where we're beyond being able to do anything and regretting that we couldn't do what we could when we still can so many people will be in different places to Mm -hmm. start a new Mm -hmm. career uh, some people yeah. may be in careers right 100%. now, like they may be 40 years old and just deciding that they just really don't like it. Do you have clients that are trying to get out from places like that and don't know what to do? Um, well, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to spring that on I you. I do have a few who are... No, where they're, um, I think where they're thinking about the next thing, but most of my clients are already in business, uh, Mary. Okay. And so it's more a matter of who are they going to reach. So the stuck part might be they've acquired a certain number of skills, mm-hmm. um, but uh, reaching more, you know, how do you reach more people effectively without getting overwhelmed? Um, how do you tap into, um, uh, you know, the types of things that you want to say, like, you know, as a, for instance, one, uh, as an introvert myself, um, I might give other introverts, um, networking tips, um, which is, you don't have to reach, you don't talk to every single person in the room. You can set a goal of five and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might also encourage them you know, if you're feeling stuck about meeting people, um, I would encourage them to 
to get comfortable speaking because uh, then you get to talk to a hundred people at once. <laughs> true enough. True enough. <laughs> and uh, sort of beat the system, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. So uh, no, I I'm, I mostly work with uh, with people that are already um, in business. Although that doesn't mean I don't talk to some people that um, some people have come out of a job. So I do talk to those people who are mm-hmm. between jobs mm-hmm. and are trying to figure out. Um, you know, like they don't want to go back to corporate. They're, they're done out to be honest, um, but aren't quite sure what direction to go. And so I do work uh, with some of those people as well, Um, particularly if the creative aspect has been um, bubbling inside them, but they don't know where to go with it. Right. Right. I, I have discovered through my experiences with people that when they leave a structured work, they would very much like to consider working for themselves. The entrepreneurial spirit seems to call. Mm-hmm. And many people have done all kinds of things over their years, but not quite sure what, what they could actually do to, to earn any money at. I mean, if we're, not, if we're going to the entrepreneurial world and we're not making any money, it's kind of like, well, the hobby world. And most people don't have a problem with the hobby. They're looking for the income stream. So uh, do you find that the entrepreneurial world is growing? No. Yes, by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think with COVID, um, you know, a lot of people have had the opportunity to uh, work from home and uh, see that it can be, you know, presuming you're not trying to homeschool your kids at the same time, because that's a oh, whole yes. other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you, if you've had an opportunity to work from home and go, wow, I really, you know, I'm not missing the commute and I'm not, uh, you know, uh, missing uh, all that time at work. I love that I can have meals uh, with my family, mm-hmm. right? Um, then that idea of, do I really want to go back to that? Or do I want to look at what I might be able to do for myself? Um, is starting to gain more and more appeal as, as um, you know, people are really looking at what is important. Do you think some, some people are going to come out of COVID really reassessing where they're going and what they're doing and recognizing the, uh, what's the word, tenuousness of life as they've chosen that, you know, people are going to be more reflective, say? You know, I, I, I hesitate to answer that. Um, there's a part of me that would like to say, I hope so. I hope that's the case. Um, but I do know, I think that there are people that are just so ready for things to go back to normal, um, that are really ready to get back to the office and really ready to see the people that they, you know, see on a regular uh, basis and, um so, you know, but I think I read that a lot of businesses are looking at a hybrid model. So we'll see. But um, I've never really, I've never really fit the uh, framework of, uh, you know, working 60 or 80 hours. Um, that's never, you know, I'm going to work that hard. I'm going to work for myself. And even saying that, yeah. I wouldn't work 60 or 80 hours. Because it's, um, 
you need to fill the well. Well, it costs you a lot, right? And sometimes people don't realize yeah. what it's costing until much later and spent a lot of time doing things that really weren't as, as soul satisfying, maybe. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure, particularly the North American culture. Uh, work is really put up on a pedestal. The more hours you work, uh, you know, I, I used to call it the, the busy badge of honor. Yes. Uh, you know, work a lot, be on a lot of committees, uh, you know, just always be producing. Um, the European uh, cultures uh, tend to understand better the value of taking time off and actually taking all of your holidays. Mm. Uh, my son's in the UK and uh, gets uh, six weeks of holidays. So he said it's going to be hard to come back to North America. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have international clients. So in a lot of ways, you're learning firsthand about some of the cultural differences. How do you how do you deal with coaching uh, people in the different cultures when what is seen as being success in one country may not be the same in another? Um, but we're all human. So we have a common uh, element. I think that I've always really just been very curious about other people and their lived experiences. So I don't bring any judgment to that. Um, I respect what it is that they, what they want, um, what they're, you know, what they're looking to achieve and, uh, and how they want to go about it. So I'm just really giving them the tools of what I know, which really comes back to um, story and how to use your story. And so um, whether that means they're, you know, they're speaking or they're writing or, if they're using in their networking or, um, but, for, but from time to time, I mean, it, yes, yes, it's business coaching, but, you know, uh, the old idea of you've got to separate, you know, your business or work world from your private life was always a fallacy because one bleeds into the other. Mm -hmm. And so then it is about personal decisions about what you will do with that. And how much, you know, where you set your boundaries. So uh, in that case, I'm a sounding board um, with an opportunity to ask some questions because that's what you do when you're a mentor coach. Right. Um, and it's really about, um, I mean, I can give personal examples, but it's also about them finding their own answers to their own questions. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, helping them along that path so they can really determine what their values are. It's hard to give other people answers because it may not be the answer that they require. Um, the answer is exactly. more of a matter of discovery. So you are a, a, like, you, I know, at least yeah. I think I do, that you referred to yourself as a guide. So you kind of um, point the way and try mm -hmm. and uncover some of the things that maybe they can't see for themselves. We, we get too close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, um, it's a different relationship than being a friend. As a friend, you might give advice. Mm -hmm. um, what I do, uh, had a client or two in some sticky situations where there's, you know, they're still working and then they're developing 
their uh, business uh, sort of on the side, if you will. Um, I'm just thinking about one client who was in really quite a toxic work relationship, uh, like employer-employee kind of thing. Um, then it was more, because unfortunately I've had some of those myself. So, you know, I can speak to um, how do you look after yourself mm-hmm. when you're in a situation like this? Like you can think about this, you can think about this. Um, it's a bit like giving them a buffet and they get to choose um, from things that they, you know, maybe they saw this thing on the buffet, but there was no label to it and they didn't know what it was. And so I can say, oh, have a look at this. You may or may not want it. Um, and so it's, you know, I don't have a um, structured, you know, it's very intuitive. I, I listen quite closely and deeply to what my clients are saying. Um, and then it's about um, uh, putting the, the pieces of the puzzle together, Mary, really. Um, you know, you can, whether whatever analogy you want to use, the forest, the trees, uh, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. If, when you're really close to the situation and you can't see it, um, that's the benefit of having someone outside that can give you a different perspective and angle to think about. It's still totally their decision. It's still totally, you know, what do they want to do with that? Uh, you know, I might have uh, six things that they could try, um, although I would never probably give someone that many, but um, <laughs> but then it's up to them to really sit with that and decide what makes the most sense for them. A lot of it is a lot of it could be the brainstorming aspect where two brains coming together and looking at things with different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of a synergistic back and forth that um, may even evolve into something else that neither individually might have uh, thought of. Um, so having a, a support person, having a, a coach, like even the coaches have coaches. And so I know as you and I have uh, journeyed oh, in some yeah. areas together, we've, we've, we've looked at our coaches and said, oh, you know, wow, that's a different way of looking at things. What is, um, right. what's the most important thing that you're working on? Like you're working on your new book. Obviously, you still have your, uh, the journey to joy. And so tell us a little bit about how people can find out more about you. Uh, well, they're welcome to go to my website. It's uh, francisfound.com. Um, or I'm on Facebook, uh, Francis Hickmott or LinkedIn. Um, happy to connect with people in, in all of those places. If they've got questions or want to interact, I'm more than happy to hear from them oh very good very good and through all of this I guess what would you sum it up as being the main point we started off talking about uh new beginnings new (laughs) careers um you being a late bloomer not necessarily so but people can reach out um they have an idea they want to pursue there's people to like yourself who are able to maybe shed some light on some discovery. Um, what's the big, what's the big message? Can you kind of put it together? And what would you say from your perspective in terms of um, just life itself? Not too big a job to, for you, Francis. 
No, thank you, Mary. Um, I should have wrote to you last week about it. (laughs) The The overarching message here is we're all creators of our lives. And and we get to decide, and uh, and choose uh, choose how we're going to live it. You know, don't don't die before you're dead. There's lots of life to live. Yeah. Um. We don't all have the same choices, um. But we all have choices that we can make. Absolutely. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And reaching out to somebody like yourself to find out what you can and can't do if you're stuck. There's no reason to stay stuck, stuck, sorry. No reason to suck either, but no reason to stay stuck. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, and if there's a a creative, a creative aspect uh, to them, if they're, and, and particularly for people who are, um, you know, so often our work the second time around is um, based on the journey that we've had. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if they've, um, you know, if, if, if it's been in the health and wellness space, something that you've needed to learn for yourself to have a better quality of life. Um, if you're dipping your toes into the creative world and uh, need some uh, mentoring and resources, et cetera, on that, um, I'm just, those things light me up and I, I love, love, love working with people in those areas. Well, excellent. And I'm so thankful that you joined us today and shared your your um shared your transparency that you're able to really tell us how you've gotten to the place that you're at and you know you can do it you can help other people do it and you're open to being um approached so thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today it's been a pleasure and i hope people do reach out and find that you have so much to offer thank you so much francis Again, this is Mary McCartney from Don't Thank Die you, Before You're Dead. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, um, like I said, it was great having you, Francis, and um, I didn't mean to cut off your thank you. Um, but I do, probably along with Francis, we dare you to go out and live the life you're meant to live. Until next time, thank you for joining us. <laughs>